Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. All right, Witchers, welcome back to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm here with Toasty. Toasty's in a, Toasty's in a mood today because he's not, he's not putting up with my shenanigans. Not at all. When do I ever is the real question. Yeah, sometimes more than others. Sometimes, sometimes more than others. Uh, but <laughs> this is why you need to show up for our pre-show. Um, but if you aren't here for the pre-show, then welcome anyway. Thank you for joining us. Today, we're talking about a uh, a very important location for the elves. We, we teased it a little bit last time. Toasty, where are you taking us today? You're like our tour guide. Where are we, where are we going on our tour today? Well... Tom, we're going to Dole Blathana or the Valley of the Flowers. We're going to go visit. We're going to go pick some flowers. Mm -hmm. We're going to be one with nature. I'm sure this is a very peaceful location. Lots of peace and happiness happens here. And that's what it's all about. That's what the Witcher world is about. If you haven't noticed yet. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's not. It's not that bad. Other than, you know kingdom event coming in and like storming them every so often <laughs> frequent raids you know that's just how it is yeah other than the raids and war and murder stuff that happens in and around the location it's mm-hmm. totally or over the location or over the location yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you know totally totally fine so um yeah so kick us off so uh, obviously this is a very important place for the elves it's a it's a it's a location that's already come up in the tv show as well yep. so if you're paying attention to that, then you've, you've heard the name Dolblathana. So what is, what's the deal with that? How do we start this off? So I got a little excerpt from The Witcher 2. Uh, in the elven tongue, Dolblathana means the Valley of the Flowers. Anyone who sees this land with their own eyes would admit to the aptness of this poetic name. Once the southern easternmost province of the kingdom of Adern, it became the sole and sovereign realm of the free elves following the last war against Nilfgaard. When Emperor Emir Var Imris gave the elves these lands in return for their wartime service, Doblathana is ruled by the elven sorceress Francesca Findebire, also known as Enid Ad Glena, the Daisy of the Valley. It remains a thorn in the side of neighboring realms, even though its queen has been forced to distance herself officially from the guerrilla war waged by the Scoia'tael. Okay, so right off the bat, we know that the elves are going to get this land back. If, if you're only up to season two of the Witcher TV show, that if they do follow the books, the elves get the this area back, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> this is important to them. Secondly, I didn't realize Francisca... Findebear, also known as Daisy of the Valley. She's like a flower too. She's all about peace. Yep. That's what, <laughs> that's what, peace that's what, that's what flowers are meaning. That's the, that's how that works. Yeah. Yeah. I don't actually know. I know there's like, cause different flowers mean like different things. Right. I don't actually know what a Daisy means. Probably peace. Probably. Probably. Uh, she really living up to her name in season two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So interesting. So we're getting a, you know a little, a little spoilery for the way the books play out compared to the TV show. Now that doesn't mean that the TV show is going to keep to all of these things. Obviously, they change some stuff. So we'll have to see. We know, we know that. Uh, I mean, they're keeping 
generally in line. Uh, Nilfgaard's allying with the elves, which is, you know, accurate. So we know that something's happening there that's, you know, following so far, but they have changed a few things. So who mm-hmm. really knows? So uh, the Dobothana is bordered on the north by Kaidwin and the Blue Mountains to the east. It belonged to the elves for ages until humans came and laid claim to the land about 100 years ago, and the elves fled to the mountains. So this is 100 um, years before the events of the books, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Dolbothana is a freehold duchy nowadays under the overarching rule of Adern, formerly an independent kingdom. Um, that was generally right before uh Nilfgaard stuff that we see in like witcher 2 mm-hmm. um and so this is what they are before the second Nilfgaardian war um and uh it was it uses an elective monarchy form of government most recent ruler was the sorceress Francesca Fendebar um after the events of the witcher 2 slash 3 it they don't really mention it as much on the Witcher three. So it's not like we don't have a lot of details of what's happening with it now. Right. So in the games, so. the games being the most recent part mm-hmm. of the story. Um, yep. And we've mentioned this on previous episodes, the books happen and then the games happen. So if we refer to this happened in the Witcher two, that means you're already after the events of the books. Yep. Um, it's capital is the palace known as the silver towers. So it's not really, like they don't have a city that rules it. It's kind of its own like place. And so the silver towers is just like kind of a castle. It's just like one, there. one location. Yeah. 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 So it's yeah. not even like, a, it's like just a palace that they rule from essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know if Tom wants to bring this up yeah. for our live stream yeah. viewers. We got the coat of arms out. and the banner. And uh, here, let me stretch this out. So this is the coat of arms. And you can see again the flowers. You got daisies, mm-hmm. daisies for peace, and arrows for uh, transporting War. peace through the air into the throats of their enemies. Into the throats of their enemies. Yes. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the the shield. There's a shield here with again daisies and arrows crossed on the front. All of these are like a, a very medium green. Like like when you think of the color green, this is probably the green you think of. And then um, yellow and white for the daisies and the the shafts of the arrows. So cool. Uh, for uh, locations, uh, Dolbothana is kind of divided into two different uh, kind of areas. In the as far as we see, um, we have the upper Posada. Um, uh, it's inhabitants are simple folk. If the aldermen in the uh, the short story Edge of the World is an example. Um, not far away is the lower Posada, where people seem to take a more hands-on approach to their pest control. Wait, wait, wait um, what, is that, what is that a reference to, to their pest pest control? Um, so we'll talk about it uh, a bit later on. Um, one of the, the short stories in um, The Last Wish uh, takes place. We mentioned it last week with, with Teruvial, um, where Geralt gets hired to deal with a, a devil um, and... That's the type of pest. Yes. Yeah. And they they had like a book that told them the different ways that they could get rid of a devil. And mm-hmm. it was it was very outdated. It didn't exactly work. It just made Terubio a little angry. Um, and it, it was a bit 
actually it was just incredibly silly uh the solutions that they had so um but they tried before they hired a witcher to actually do it um much to Geralt's disdain he doesn't like it when people try to deal with their stuff before asking yeah <laughs> usually make it worse yeah i totally understand that mm-hmm. yeah uh when it isn't being terrorized by nan the hag the area is allegedly plagued by a variety of creatures or where things as the locals call them including banes elves <laughs> flying drakes wait 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 wait, wait. Elves, elves are on the list elves are on the list that that's what the people think uh, I guess it depends People, on your perspective, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, flying drakes, giant pikes, hobolds, imps, mammoons, miskeeds, and myriapodons. Man, we've got to we got to catch up on some of these with the uh, bestiary episodes. Some of these are just like names that are yeah. mentioned and they don't actually ever come yeah. up. Like, Maybe we should do a patron episode where we pull out names of monsters that don't actually get descriptions anywhere. And then we design our own monsters. Like, what do you think is a mammoon? <laughs> what is that? What does it hmm. look like? What does it do? See, yeah, that's fair. And honestly, these could all be actual things that just got mislabeled. I mean, the Sylvan that was there, they, they called it a devil because it had horns. They're like, it's a devil. It was actually a Sylvan. So who really knows? Good point. I believe Myriapodans are like legitimately a thing because I remember Geralt mentioning it like several times it was like one of those things that never comes up except for him mentioning it on several occasions the same as like scolopendromorphs yeah 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 um lower posada is a hamlet not far from upper posada and uh it is where netley a local farming local farmer lives in the short story the edge of the world um wait a minute wait wait. did you just mess up a word just wondering i guess uh, whatever <laughs> I'm, I'm already over this thing whatever it is um, I don't know it it's is. the words is hard but i'm already over it whenever um, we mess up we mess up words all the time so i figured we did deserve to have a words is hard button oh dear yeah words, okay words is hard um so go on <laughs> Dolpathana also has a strong connection to uh, the goddess known as the Queen of the Fields, or Dana Meeb. Mead. It's it's M E A D B H. So pronounce I, that how you will. I think this is the first time I've ever seen a word with a D and a B right next to each other. Dib. Meadb. Yeah. Meadb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's like Dana Meeb or Mead. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Mead. I'm not, I'm not qualified in that language. Um, and, uh, she actually makes a, um, brief appearance in the, the same short story, the edge of the world, um, which we'll, we'll, eh, we'll do like a little bit of a summary, but we don't have to like go through it in, immense detail worth reading it's worth reading but yeah well it's worth summarize it a little bit all right Mm -hmm. well tell you what now sounds like a good time for our mid-break before we get into more details so how about we go do that Mm -hmm. here we go very well let us get this over with something has infested my vineyard Mm -hmm. great let me go prepare my something oil then This is going to be a quick mid-break, because there's not a whole lot to report on this week. No, no new patrons, no new reviews and ratings, but we do have to take the time to thank our current patrons, all 16 of you, thank you for being here, and our higher vampires, Ben of Temeria, 
Vita Bjornin and Bane the Hospital Guy. Thank you so much for all of your support. We really do appreciate it. And uh, if you are interested in checking out the Patreon, getting ad-free episodes, getting episodes early, getting shirts, getting stickers, getting the chance to join us on a patron episode at the end of every month, then go to patreon.com slash witcherlorecast where you can see all the different tiers and all the different stuff you can get. Also, if you want to help us out in other ways, leaving a rating or review would be awesome. We've It's been a few weeks since we've got one on Apple Podcasts, but if you uh, if you listen on Apple or if you just have an Apple account, leaving a, a review on there will get read out on the future episode, as long as you give us five stars. And then uh, you can also leave some ratings on Spotify. So that's the best way to help us out with that stuff. Or if you have friends that are into The Witcher, tell them about the show. Bring them along. We'd love to have them. But that's what we got for the middle of the episode. We won't keep you any longer because we've got more Dolblathana to talk about. Here we go. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. So this is the part where we get to dive in to the history, get a little bit more deep on what exactly is this place and why is it so important? Uh, and actually just a, just a small note of the, the fact that that audio clip right there is from that, the episode they did for the Netflix series that takes place in Dobothana. So uh, yeah. that is, that is of that, that short story, the edge of the world. So nice that episode, if you're curious what Dobothana looks like, um, it gives you a little bit, it's more the, the like peasant inhabited area because it's like crop fields and stuff. Um, I imagine it's not just called the Valley of the flowers and doesn't have any flowers. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> a lot of that's just, you know, what you have to think of or like, different artwork and stuff. Uh, so as for, uh, yeah, the history of the area, uh, the region while originally held by elves later felt humans around the 1160s, and by the summer of 1267, was ruled over by a governor from Vingerberg, Adern. makes sense because of the realm that it's a part of once it's mm-hmm. brought into the human kingdom. Uh, however, Emperor Emir of our Emrys of Nilfgaard, looking to take out the northern mages to prevent a humiliating defeat like during the First Northern War, enlisted the help of Francesca Findebeyer, promising to give her Dolbothana and make her queen. After the Thanad coup, while there were heavy casualties on both on all sides, Francesca was successful, and true to his word, the emperor made her queen, giving the elves a kingdom of their own. That's actually a really nice thing. I mean, there's so much terribleness, and the leaders are often doing terrible things. The fact that like Amir actually like followed through with this, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Like that's, I mean, Nilfgaard does a lot of bad stuff. But this part's actually good. And we we obviously know that they decided to take a much darker twist uh, in the show. So where he just orders the death of her child and makes her go on a rampage all her own. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's you obviously know, he may bad or may stuff. not give her Dolbleth. I imagine they'll at least stick with that idea of like if we get into that that far into the series placate them right he gives it back to them and especially if they don't realize that he's the one who set up the death of the child like that's oh yeah i'm not saying that that like redeems him it's just it's worth noting uh ben says he's still an (laughs) a-hole yes um but it's, (laughs) it's worth noting when there are like things that happen counter to what you would expect like the fact that 
he does follow through. This is is kind of notable. Yeah. Um, however, this was short lived. Following the Battle of Brenna in March of 1268, Nilfgaard once more suffered a devastating defeat, and by early April, meetings were held to hash out the terms of peace. Meanwhile, Adern's king, Dibavin III, who we talked about, right? Yep. 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 Acknowledged the new land, but as a duchy rather than a kingdom, and requested he be paid tribute in that Doblathana grant equal rights to humans and elves. Francesca, having heard all of this upstairs, the other Lodge of Sorceresses members, Lodge of Sorceress members, Sorceresses, Sorceresses. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. I told you it would be useful. Uh, agreed to all of Dimovin's conditions except paying tribute, making Doblathana a freehold and lowering her status to that of a duchess. This is like, this is politics like 101 for uh, medieval feudal society, right? This idea of right. like, are you a, a duchy or are you a kingdom? Are you on par with us? Can you become a vassal? All of that stuff. So basically he's he's like, no, you're not on par. You're you're of the you're of a duchy status. You still have a status, but you're of a duchy status, which means that you have to be underneath a kingdom. And so that's my kingdom because this is my land. And so you have to pay tribute to me, which is taxes and soldiers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, which I mean, that's still like a huge step because like as we talked about in his episode, he hated elves. Like he was an extreme like bigot in that uh mm -hmm. like along with like stregobor kind of levels of of but he you know eventually like evolved you know and well, he knew a good deal when he saw one like he probably yeah. realized he couldn't keep them from get, having status at all so he would take advantage of it yeah and force them into a situation where they have to pay tribute they're still mm -hmm. underneath him but they didn't have to like she didn't agree to pay tribute but it seem like that condition was still like they still agreed to all the other conditions and she she was fine with that as long as they kept their land they, they, she didn't really care um Dolbothana is a is only a mentioned location in witcher 2 Ireveth claims that his people have no future there despite being home for over 2,000 elves for the last five years since its formation to an elven state Ireveth uh is a one of the main secondary characters i guess you could say Mm -hmm. in the witcher 2 he's uh you, you end up siding with either him or uh what's the name of the other guy um crap this <laughs> is pulling up names from old um, games the tamarian guy right yeah the tamarian guy roche roche vernon roche vernon Ro yeah that's it that's it so they're, they're two of the main other like characters you have to deal with and mm. Um, he's an elf. So he basically is the side with the elves side. Yep. Uh, only a little over a dozen elven children have been born so far in it because most of its inhabitants are old and sterile. And Francesca Fendebeyer is forced to abide by the Nilfgaardian Emperor's rules, which ordered her to sacrifice the Scoyatel to their execution at the hands of the other northern monarchs. Woof. This is the main reason behind Iris' support for Saskia, the version of Adern, he believes that the Pontar Valley might be the first suitable place for elves to flourish and not be persecuted. So his beliefs are that Dolblathana is kind of a waste of time. It's yeah, it's kind of like a dead area and that they need to move 
yeah. further north. Yeah. Um, it's too, which, they're too endangered here. It's too, it's too hot. Which, Maybe. you know, Iovereth newsflash, um, Maynard and Kaidwin are still fighting over that damn place. I don't think you want to move there. <laughs> right. It's just and then Sabrina, you know, curse the land for all time. So I like you, you're not going to have, you're going to have less success now for sure, because <laughs> it's just a cursed land and they're, they're probably still warring over it because they have for like all time. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, in uh as far as the uh witcher cinematic universe goes um we get to see dolothana in the second episode of season one um the the episode that covers the short story the edge of the world is this um, this is the one where they come across the sylvan right it's that one yes yes so with Teruvial, mm-hmm. um where, where Geralt gets captured and he almost gets killed by mm-hmm. uh Phil Evandrel Phil Evandrel. And his, his elves so yeah mm-hmm. Turuvial was working uh to try and get resources for the elves because they're dying out essentially right like where we're at in the story they are they are struggling uh they don't have like a place to call their own uh they're persecuted pretty much everywhere else so uh they they're struggling to get like resources and things to survive Turuvial right. was and they don't even know if they can have kids yet at this point. Yeah. Well, they, Which, they know that, I mean, they're under the impression that they can't right? because like they know that they haven't, an elven child has not been born for like, uh, uh probably decades or something. Like they didn't, I don't think they gave a concrete timeline, mm-hmm. but like, I know Francesca, I believe she says she's miscarried four times. So she hasn't been able to bring a child to term. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and then we move on, uh, you know, from that episode, uh, and in season two, um, like Francesca and Phil Evandrel, and they have like their group of elves and they're basically trying to, you know, earn back the place because they can't like, it's been taken over. They can't have it. And of course the elven persecution has become much more extreme due to, you know, the Scoyotel and they, you know, agree to side with Nilfgaard and fight for them. Um, but then of course they have, you know, they give, she gives birth to the child that they didn't think that they could have. And then they all of a sudden think that like, maybe there's a chance for them that they can, you know, start reproducing and bring the elves back into like prominence. So all they really want is to just get back to Dolpathana and just, you know, basically butt out of the war. But, uh, Emir uses this as, to his advantage kills the baby and strings know, them along sends them on the makes them useful the, in other ways yeah sends yeah. them on the war path yeah. um so mm-hmm. of course we haven't we don't know exactly you know where that storyline will go because they've already changed it in some ways um with fringilla being the one that recruits them and whatnot so um we'll see what happens they're still going to be prominent i don't know if we'll see a return to Dolblathana for quite quite a while though. Is that is that your prediction? Like if you were to predict what happens in season three with the elves and Dolblathana being their homeland, do you think they're going to get it back? I I don't think in season three now. I, I don't like if they I'm not sure. I think they will eventually, but I think that's probably like season four, maybe at the earliest, because I imagine 
because kind of things all lead in like you know one big event per season as far as like the political game right i think season three we probably will see the coup on thaned that would that's my guess is like the next big event that we will see um Mm -hmm. but i'm not entirely sure that may be a little too early for that even so okay yeah i guess it depends on how many seasons they're planning to do and how much they plan to stretch out the story you know i think i think henry cavill said something about like being on board for seven seasons which they could easily make seven seasons out of this yeah i think with with some of the big events i think a more like realistic number though is like five so if they like for the book storyline right so if they do anything after that it is like going into the game territory which could be really cool yeah like merging the book and the game worlds into their own i don't know separate but inspired cinematic story sounds really cool because because the stories in the games are great also like obviously some of the side quests and some of the things that happen in the games are based on or retellings of things that happened in the books because they decided to make a game out of the books and realized that most people hadn't read the books so they kind of reused concepts right but you could still avoid most of that stuff and stick to some of the main story beats especially when it gets to the witcher 3 and the events of a grown-up siri and what happens in that in that story that could be really cool That'd be an insane season. It would be. That would be, <laughs> be ridiculously. That would be awesome. Season. But like, yeah, you could turn you could turn the main plot line of just the base Witcher three game into its own season. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, and some of the other ones too. I mean, but yeah, it gets a little crossing wires, and I'm not sure exactly where we know. I mean, we know CDPR and Netflix are in collaboration with each other. So, so when here's spoiler too. Here's a spoiler as well. The Witcher one picks up with the thought that Geralt is dead and Geralt is alive again and Mm -hmm. can't remember a lot of things. And there's this weird, you know, what's going on with that? How come he's not dead? How did he survive? All of that stuff. Um, which is like, man, can you imagine the cliffhanger on like, let's say the end episodes or season five at the end of the books, right before season, like, you know, before the games and you end on a cliffhanger of like Geralt dying like that's yeah. pretty that's pretty cool actually Geralt Geralt and Yennefer it's yeah just like boom like, dead mm-hmm. so you know I wonder if people really... would get pissed off about that do you think people would be like what we thought they were dead but of course they're not because look there's another there's another season I think it's one of those things where you'd have to end with them being killed and then right at like the last scene of the last episode is a hint that you know they're still alive like one of those like oh but we know they're not going to be dead for real because how would you do another season but we don't know why or how but here's a little hint like that kind of thing yeah i mean i don't know it's i think i think as we progress we're just going to start crossing wires a bit more of like things you see in the games the things you see you know so i don't know we'll see what happens there um yeah yeah. So here's here's a question for you. Now that we've kind of gotten through all the description of this stuff, um, is there and you understand this stuff better than I do. Is there a like magical or metaphysical reason why this land is so beneficial to them or so wanted by them? We know it's their homeland. Right. So there's like personal cultural reasons. We also know that there are magical places in the world 
there are places that tend to be a little bit more magically important, right? Like, is <clears throat> is there something like that going on here as well? I is it I is it kind of implied it, in a way, or is it just like I, I've always gotten the feeling that there was maybe an implied quality to the land. I think just because of like how uh, untouched, like it's it's not of course like completely untouched by by humans, but just generally like it's lesser inhabited. They haven't like you know come in to just like Oiled. destroy everything there. Like it's still yeah this beautiful land, like the valley of the flowers, um, and uh, and like I said. Um, earlier like so at the end of the edge of the world story which they didn't do in the show but in the book um the uh, dana meeb the the goddess like appears um like kind of uh, like she shows up and like the reason that they are let go is because she tells like Phil Evangel to let Geralt and Dandelion go essentially yeah, yeah. I can imagine um, how that wouldn't play as well for the TV show. Yeah. People would be um, like, really? What? Some magic goddess lady just showed up and freed them. That feels too convenient. Right. And yeah. by, by, by putting that in the hands of Phil Evandrel, it creates a character decision, which gives us some insight into who he is, which yeah. I think plays better on TV. Yeah. And they, obviously they want to like, he's very prominent like Elvin. You know, and they so they're you know kind of character development there of like you know having him as like a prominent like secondary. I would say he's probably secondary or tertiary character. Sure, um, sure. But yeah, but a rep up until that point of what we see in the show, he's he is representative to us of who the elves are, yeah, and what they're capable of. So it does show a certain sense of like they are willing to be rational about things. They're not just emotional. They're willing to uh, look the other way or. Um, you know, sometimes they take the high high ground, the you know the the higher path, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. I do think that's a good decision in that sense. So, but you don't think there's anything magical going on? You don't think this is like, it's? I mean, anything touched by humans seems to just inherently be less magical in a way. Yeah, it's. And obviously, I could be like forgetting something major and i'm sure ben ben's ben's in here he can correct yeah. me <laughs> i don't know um, what do you I think i don't ben? believe yeah. they yeah i don't think i don't believe that they like explicitly tell you like like mm -hmm. why it's just kind of like you know the place that like it means it's just significant to the elves um so you know i maybe it's just i think it's just more of the idea of like you know the untouched or the untainted civilization kind of place. Like, I mean, like the same as like Mahakam is like the kind of cultural homeland of the dwarves. And it hasn't really been like touched by humans either because they were like, yeah, you can, you can keep it, you know? Yeah. We don't, so, we don't want it. Right. Um, and I think, I think maybe there's just the idea of like, it's such a bountiful place. Like maybe the being there means that it would be like more fertile in other means mm -hmm. that aren't just like you know the soil like it would be more fertile for the elves because we know that they have an issue with reproducing fertility but yeah it, getting it, getting back to nature that kind of thing yeah and, but yeah. we don't i mean we know that it's not the case or at least it, it hasn't proven to be so far so yeah interesting interesting so um 
And so, well, I guess here's a, here's another question for you. With the next Witcher game being, I would expect a much larger in scope game, something where we see more of an open world system, more of a go where you want. And with the habit of the last three games being bigger in scope as well. So like the scale of the Witcher two was like what the Pontar Valley, it was very, very small In the Witcher three, you get a much larger range of places to go. And then the expansions expand that out as well. Um, do you think with the events of the Witcher four that Dolblathana makes sense as a place to potentially include in an explorable world, that kind of thing? Do you think we'll see places like in Adern? I mean, it's south of where events happen in The Witcher 2, right? And it's east of where events happen in The Witcher 3. Mm. But it's close. Like, it's it's very close to where things have been happening. I mean, it would be, like, a place to yet to, like, kind of see. Because we haven't really, like, seen Adern, like, how it's been affected. Because, I mean, we were with, with we were in, uh, or dealing with, like, Tamaria and, and The Witcher 1. Um, mm-hmm. And then... Of course, yeah, and Kaidwin and stuff in, in The Witcher 2. And uh, so we haven't like f- gone that far. I'm not sure because I know there's been kind of the general idea of like possibly it being somewhere maybe we haven't seen before. So who really knows? Um, well, I guess, I mean, that really just kind of leaves either going more north, which gets us further from Nilfgaard. Unless Nilfgaard at that point in the story has taken all of the southern kingdoms, mm-hmm. or I, think, I believe there's land to the 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 north west. Yeah, the, the continent the goes east, up and then so. west, like and then up and east is more past um, the mountains. Uh, yeah, so. the mountains and and uh, where the Witchers live, the Caermarn. Uh, uh, Caermarn. Yeah. Um, so it probably isn't going to go that way. <laughs> If you were to go south more, you'd end up deeper into Nilfgaard, which seems weird because unless the northern kingdoms push back, because there's always a political element to the story. Yeah. There's a, it, like the story, the events of the stories always seem to take place in a place that it has some sort of political upheaval. There's encampments from the Nilfgaardians. There's encampments from some of the northern kingdoms. You run into people from both areas. It's usually a hot zone, right? Yeah. This seems like a good place for a hot zone. If you think about it, like, I mean, it is, yeah, it's very much contested there. And like between, of course, uh, with Adern and then like Lyria Rivia right underneath it, which would be really cool to go to in a game. Um, Yeah. Well, especially if you're Geralt of Rivia, even though he's not from Rivia, but like to actually go to a place like that and see it to go to a place like Vengerberg and see it in game would be really cool. And how it's changed because, uh, it really obviously it's been it's back and forth between Nilfgaard and Ader in control. Right. Um right. So it and it a population that's like tired of having to go mm-hmm. back and forth and be in at war for so long and and I want because we obviously we we don't know what they has been chosen as like the canonical ending for The Witcher Three. So you know to see like I imagine Nilfgaard controls it. Like, I feel like that is that is probably the can- canonical winner of, like, the war. Um, it seems unless, like, like that's where it just keeps going. Yeah. So yeah. feeling like that. But then, you know, of course, is it is it 
Nilfgaard under series control and how does that affect things? Right. Um, that because that be does nuts. seem like 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 Siri with living like joining Geralt along the Witcher path just doesn't it's like it doesn't seem like the like it's too happy of an ending for um <laughs> for just the Witcher you know like like that's that's as simple as I can put it is like you know it's like you don't get happy endings it like breaks you, the tone yeah yeah so yeah. like seeing that and like I don't but I don't think people a series too cool to like kill off i think as well like i think she's just too important to kill off so like the melancholy ending of like siri having to leave to take over Nilfgaard, like it's sad for Geralt's, but mm-hmm. like i don't think we're going to be playing as Geralt's. so right, right like but so i guess we'll have like it we'll see where that leads as far as that goes um well, that, i mean it does open yeah, up one other area one other possibility here is is that it's not a continuation of the timeline it's before the events of the books and the games we go back in time like like that other witcher series that's coming out the other show yeah like are we going going back to just after the conjunction and the wackiness from you know the creation of the witchers and all that yeah based on like the the obviously there's no you can't confirm it yet, but like based on the like fan content stuff that I found of like the school, the links and whatnot, I don't believe it's a prequel. I think it's yeah. a sequel that continues yeah. after. Yeah. Um, that because, does I mean, there's so after. much to build on here too. Like there's so much like they've hashed out this story like along with us to like what's leading up to now. So I just feel like that's, yeah. To, to build off of this already pre-made like the pre-done lore that they've had so far just seems like the 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 next step that they're probably going to take in, in, in an area that because like Adern could be an area that we haven't we haven't gone to yet so there's could be who knows what going on there so yeah maybe the last bastion of the northern kingdoms after Nilfgaard takes over uh Redania. Oh, Redania. Anything. Oh, yeah. I gotcha. Like, I gotcha. Like, yeah, yeah. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think the uh the hints point at it being later in the storyline. I, I agree with that. Um but yeah, man, can you imagine can you imagine a map that was big enough to include parts of Adern, parts of Cadwin, parts of Tamaria, parts of Redania, like kind of just the center of the continent. Parts of areas that Nilfgaard clearly has owned for a little while. Maybe a major yeah. city in each. You know, that would be freaking amazing. It would be a lot better. I mean, the games seem like they're just getting bigger as far as encompassing areas. So, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I mean, who maybe. knows? Or, you know, with DLC and whatnot. I mean, we went to an entirely different area with with like Witcher 3 DLCs. I mean, going to Toussaint. So, yeah. Well, here's the other thing that I think is trending in games is the idea that you create a foundation that you can continue to just add on to that foundation over time, whether it's an MMO style game or not. If you have a world where you get to build your own Witcher, your own character, you get to play through the events of the main story. And then every year or two, they drop more content and they re-release the game with the bonus content each time. Then it's just constantly something to come back to, to play more, in that world to continue expanding it making more monsters continuing the story expanding the map a little bit more 
like mm-hmm. the technology of games is at, at such a like you don't need the games to be more high res anymore you don't really need them to be more realistic looking everything's based around usually some sort of aesthetic design we're not looking for super hyper realism we're looking mm-hmm. for something that's just aesthetically designed well and the quality of the games the number of polygons the texture quality the shaders all of that stuff is at a at a point where five ten years from now if you made a game as a as a foundation for just growth over the next decade, it's still going to look good. I mean, Skyrim still looks pretty good for being 10 years old, and that's before a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about really mm-hmm. matured, right? So a game that comes out two years, three years from now could easily stick around for 10 years and just keep getting expansions every year or two. I mean, the same thing with The Witcher 3. I mean, what, what year anniversary on now? Like, yeah, coming up to I mean, age, the right? game's beautiful. Yeah, that game looks beautiful still. So. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's it would be really cool if they did something like that. I mean, that was my, part of my hopes for like cyberpunk as well. Would it would just be kind of a foundation they could build on. Right. So anyway, that's I don't know. I guess we're gonna have to see where the story goes with these regions. Um, where do you think we're going to go for the next episode? Um, well, I mean, we've been talking a lot about elves lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we should like I don't know explain them better. Okay, <laughs> you gonna get about... kind of down down to the nitty gritty of the elves. Get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, there's a lot of like prominent elves too, like elven figures. Like I mean, we mentioned Francesca a bunch, Philavandrel, um, other like elven figures that are of import. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of people to talk about. Plus, of course, you know elves are divided into two different kinds of elves with the a and she and the a and l so mm-hmm. cool that sounds there. good yeah yeah we'll get we'll get deeper into uh the stories and details about about the different elves sounds good you have anything else you want to share i know you're still waiting for cyberpunk to drop right that hasn't come out mm-hmm. yet yeah I, I don't know what's going on there yeah anything else <laughs> i'm just there recording episodes i guess <laughs> yeah it'll, uh, it'll happen eventually it'll happen eventually uh yeah and uh, uh witcher lorecast on twitter like usual um not really a whole lot else going on um i don't know i might dip my toes into like elder scrolls online I've really being a lot of people yeah dude um he's been playing it our so. guild has been popping off everybody's been hanging out every night there's been like five ten five to i don't know eight ten people in there at a time just kind of hanging out yeah. doing some of the events together and stuff leveling characters um yeah it's been a lot of fun they've, they've been doing a lot of, i joined a little bit i you know i need to do that more i've been focused on um i tried out the skyrim together reborn mod today i streamed that with my son it's a co-op. It's basically you can play co-op in Skyrim with up to like eight people. It's nuts. It crashes. It's buggy. It's Skyrim, but it's solid enough to actually work, which has been awesome. It's been really, really cool. So, um, so Toasty, you should come join us sometime. Kirby Chew. Kirby Chew is a big fan of Toasty. Kirby Chew is the name my son goes by. Back when we used to play Sea of Thieves together. He still asks me like every so often, like, you think Toasty will play games with us again? I uh, maybe I just <laughs> get, life has gotten busy. And so, I mean, I yeah. worked. Yeah, uh, I woke up at oh, like 11 today. Yeah, I, <laughs> I got home from work at like 4 a.m. Yeah, I get it. So, I get it. But you're totally welcome to join us if ever you want to do that. Yeah, um, another I thing that. I want to I want to dig into is uh, the Elden 
ring co-op mod because that seems really cool to do as co-op as well um, yeah, i think you mentioned that last last weekend right yeah or so, last week yep yeah i'm gonna be doing a bunch more modding stuff um and putting together a new a new little little kind of youtube series of shows or episodes where um n7 legend and i get together and, and talk about modding games and what's available and how to make things work and all of that stuff yeah so um yeah, look for that on the Robots Radio YouTube channel. You guys know where to find all my stuff, robotsradio.net and Robots Radio anywhere, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Robots underscore radio on Twitter. But that's what we got going on. Um, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Chat, thanks for being here. I will be back in a about 45 minutes for the Mass Effect Lorecast because that comes up next tonight. Um, so look for that if you want to join us in about 45 minutes. And uh, that's what we got for this week. So until next time. Stay safe on the path. We'll see you guys later. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to The Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.